The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hare Krishna, you're listening to The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm very honored to have His Grace Gadi Das Prabhu on the podcast today. Prabhu, thank you so much for joining me. <clears throat> Can you hear me, Prabhu? No. I heard, no? yeah, I heard the first part. Did you ask okay. me to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you for joining. And um, if you could first, for, for, for our listeners, uh, Gadidas Prabhu is a, um, he has a farm in Tennessee. He's running for some official position in the, in the government. Uh, and he is a proponent of, uh, farming, cow protection, and the holy name as well. So we'd like to hear that all from him today. So please start, Prabhu. Uh, please tell us how you came in contact with Krishna consciousness. Uh, attending the University of Florida in 1970, um, <clears throat> there, a devotee, one of the first devotees that Prabhupada made in 26 Second Avenue, Gargamuni, Swami at the time, was <clears throat> uh, sent to Gainesville, Florida uh, in 1970. And he ended up staying with a friend of mine in his closet, which later became the first Krishna house. It was just a little duplex. So <clears throat> I was driving my bike across campus on the way to class, 1971. Yeah and uh could be 1970 actually but 1970 and <clears throat> i saw a crowd of people who were um, gathered around something or someone so i pulled up and i looked over and i saw this strangely clad person in some saffron robes of course i didn't know the word saffron at that time but <clears throat> uh, he was talking and people were listening and curious and he held up the first Krishna book, the one that George Harrison uh, printed for Prabhupada. And there was a picture of Prabhupada on the back of that Krishna book. And I just took note of that, and then I, I hustled off to class. Now, unbeknownst, <clears throat> another friend of mine, um, <clears throat> uh, Aja, Alan, to become Aja Das, he was walking by my house, and he, we hadn't seen each other for for a long time for, for summertime. So we came back together. He said, come on over. I have this really strange album I want to play for you. And so he had somehow or other independently of all this, picked up this album, um, the uh, Happening album from a recording uh, or a, a record store in New York City. And so we listened to that and we laughed. We couldn't understand the word, but it was it was interesting. And there was that same picture that was, that was on the back of that album that uh, this young man was also holding up in the Krishna book. So anyway, that was the first connection. And then some time passed and some friends of mine um, who later become Beer Krishna and, uh, and Aja, we took a trip trying to surrender to Krishna because we figured too many people know us in Gainesville and we got too many friends and there'd be too many attachments. So 
let's get on the road and try to find <clears throat> try to find a place to become devotees. So we drove to Baltimore, where we um, stopped at the temple there, a little temple. It was run by Rupanuga Prabhu. And we did my very first uh, encounter was Tulsi Puja, and, uh, and then a nice lecture by Rupanuga Prabhu. And then we went on to New York City to try and find 26-second Avenue. <clears throat> But I had a very bad nosebleed because the smog was really bad that day. We're walking down the street, and my nose is it's just pouring blood. So we had to turn around. And so then we decided to go to Boston. And uh, we went up to Boston. And uh, I had another friend there, a Raghavendu, uh, who had became a devotee, also separate from us. Um, but then we found out that he was living in the Boston temple. Satsurup was the temple president. Jadarani was the was his wife at that time. And we met a few of the devotees there. And um, we were trying to behave ourselves as much as possible. And uh, there was um, a very beautiful time there for one day, maybe two days. And then we started heading back to Florida. And we decided that we just probably wasn't going to be able to become devotees in this lifetime. <laughs> So we got to uh, we got back to Gainesville, and then we heard, lo, lo and behold, that Prabhupada was coming to Gainesville. <laughs> so we figure, well, this is this is definitely the chance to surrender because Prabhupada is actually coming to Gainesville. And uh, Amarendra, another friend of mine, who's actually <clears throat> who's actually duplex, he was Gargamuni was staying at, arranged for Prabhupada to get paid a thousand dollars. Uh, from the student uh, government association to have him come and speak. So pra that's why Prabhupada came, because he actually was given $1,000 um, to come and speak at the campus. And so <clears throat> about a week before, about a week before, the energy was starting to get really, really intense um, and uh, at that little temple on 2nd Avenue. And um, <clears throat> it was Amarendra was living there. Uh, Hri Dainanda. Now he done on the Maharaj was there with his then wife, uh, um, Manjari, and one other devotee. And um, <clears throat> so we started getting involved in the preparations for Prabhupada to come there. And I was given the, the uh, I was given the service of building Vyasasan for Prabhupada to sit on. So uh, that was my service, my first service, physical service. And so <clears throat> Um, as the days went by, we became more and more like in, engrossed in the happiness and the ecstasy that was starting to build. And lo and behold, the day came when Prabhupada finally came. But by that time, even the day before, I think we all shaved up and moved into the temple. And uh, then we carried this crazy Vyasasana all the way to the airport for, um, for Prabhupada to sit on. And we actually brought it into the airport. This is a crazy story. We brought this huge monstrous Vyasasana into the airport, <laughs> carrying it down, carrying it down the corridor, and people were looking at us in a very unusual way. And the Papa wouldn't sit on the Vyasasana, and we brought it out there, and he wouldn't sit on it. He just decided to sit on a regular chair, and uh, <laughs> so the Vyasasana just kind of sat out in the middle of a corridor uh, at the uh, re receiving gate, and Papa came in. But it was all it was all very nice, and. Uh, but that was a that was a funny story, 
And then Prabhupada just decided to sit down at the uh, uh, sit down in a regular chair. Then we all chanted, you know, Hare Krishna, Samsara prayers. I think we chanted Samsara prayers. Somebody led that, and, and then we headed back. Finally, headed back to Gainesville, which is about an hour away. And so, when Prabhupada entered the temple, um, I remember this very vividly. It's one of those moments that you realize that this person knows everything there is to know about me. Uh, one of those moments when he looks into your eyes and you see you see your whole life flashing in front of you, so to speak. And um, so we all sat down, probably got up on the Vyasasana that, that I put together. And, uh, and he looked down at me <clears throat> and he knew somehow or other that maybe I had something to do with that Vyasasana. And uh, and his eyes eyes met, and that's why I just started crying like a baby. It was just um, one of those moments of um, this person is not not a, a normal person, a very special person, and knew everything about knew everything about me. <clears throat> so I was very embarrassed, actually. So <clears throat> anyway, that's the uh, that's the that's the beginning, and here we are now, fifty five years later. So uh, wow. now what do we, now what do we do? Yeah. Do we do? How has that, how, how, how was the, what was the, what is it like now after being the devotee for so many years? What do you feel is like, you know, you've boiled the milk for that many years. What are your realizations with uh, where you are now after, after having so much time in Krishna consciousness? Well, there comes a time when you begin to begin to really question <clears throat> after that there's something more to this Krishna consciousness than I've experienced so far. Hmm. And right. you can see the depth of Prabhupada's eyes, you can see the depth of his his person. He was he was not that body. He was another body. There was another form in there, a beautiful spiritual form. And so I knew instinctively that something, something um, was missing in, in me for 35 years, for 35 years, kind of treading water, chanting, but not as seriously as I should have because, because it was full of household life activities and things like that. So there came a point when I felt very, very strongly that I had to go to Vrindavan. I had to go to Vrindavan. And it was at that point when I was coming to the age of 62. And so I just officially retired from business and so forth and signed up for the Social Security and so forth. And made that particular, <clears throat> made that particular goal to, to get to Vrindavan. And I was thinking that something is here, something I'm supposed to be here for some reason. And, uh, and, uh, and yet I knew that and I spent my entire time, practically every waking time at the Krishna Balaram Mandir, and uh, where I came to make dear, dear friends with Ayendra Prabhu. And uh, we became immediately bound bonded and uh, had um, an extraordinary connection for some reason so <clears throat> so he was he was also a catalyst in this adventure 
And so I would have darshan of Radha and Shamasundar, Krishna and Balaram, Gornitai, every day. Every day I was never missing Mangalartik and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> but something had to happen. I wanted something to happen. And so um, I prayed to Prabhupada. I said, Prabhupada was right there, the beautiful form of Prabhupada and that nice Vyasa song, much nicer than the one I made. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> that, uh, uh, that I didn't want to be mediocre anymore. I wanted to know really what was what this is really about. I really want to know Krishna. I really understand. I can feel there's something there in these forms of Radha and Krishna. And Prabhupada always, you know, talked about this. Just offer your obeisances. Pray to Srimati Radharani. Just try to become devotees, a devotee of Krishna through Srimati Radharani. So I would. I would pray like that. Matter of fact, it was a prayer by Rupa Goswami, um, Stavamala prayer. And I would recite that prayer every single morning. It's a very beautiful prayer. Uh, Rupa Goswami is such a humble mode of, of not finding himself qualified to be the devotee of Krishna. And if you look up their prayer, and I used to recite that every single morning, I completely memorized. And then something happened, and then there was a, uh, we'll say, you'll say, well, I'll have to say a, uh, a response to my inquiry as to not remain in mediocrity anymore. And so I was great, with great good fortune, I have to say that the, there's a moment of darshan with Radha and, and Shamasunda that, <clears throat> that completely changed my life, completely changed. Uh, I completely surrendered at that moment. I wanted nothing but Radha and Krishna. I just wanted to be somehow or other accepted by them. And um, Ayanji Prabhu was also in the same, of course, he was in the, very, very attached to Radha and Shamasunga. And we would, on weekends, we would dress them together. <clears throat> he would dress them mostly. I would assist him. And uh, sometimes I would decorate Sham's face uh, with different kinds of you know, mineral pigments and so forth. And it was just an extraordinary time. And uh, so from that point on, I, I, I said, you know, I just never want to leave this place. I never want to leave Vrindavan. And even I asked you, please never leave. Please never leave. Always stay here in Vrindavan. And of course, I had a wife and family and everything back there. And there was, there was, um, there was, uh, there was cause to understand for my own understanding that I couldn't stay in Vrindavan like I wanted to. And so <clears throat> I had to leave. And uh, the, that night, I never told him I was leaving because I knew it was going to be a moment. And so that night, the taxi is actually waiting to go, waiting to the airport, go to the airport. And uh, I finally had to brought myself, uh, made myself able to go to his door and Tell him that I had to leave, and uh, that was a pretty sad moment. And, uh, and so, and actually, it was only was four months after that that he that he left his body. And, uh, oh wow! That, so it was 2010. It was only four months. Yeah, it was only four months after that time. I came back in January, maybe January, February, March, April, May, June, July. It was six months. Six months. July 16th was when uh, he uh, departed. 
So right. that was extraordinarily emotional time. Uh, I never felt emotions like that before, even with Prabhupada's departure, because we had Prabhupada's departure was almost like he was always so distant from us. He wasn't always with us physically present. And it was hard to let's say have that that the that intimacy that one would have with another another devotee. And with, with Prabhupada, he was he, he was the instructor. He was the he was the diksha. He was the instructor in shiksha. He was everything, but not that that closeness, that friendship, and so forth that one would have with uh, another another soul. Um, but his his departure was tremendously difficult too. Not to minimize that, of course, but um, anyway. <clears throat> so I had to come back, and then I decided uh, uh, that I had to stay in America and do something because uh, that's what Prabhupada would want. Mm -hmm. uh, he left Vrindavan and all the spiritual comforts thereof. Spiritual comforts means really the simplicity to its maximum. Nothing there to actually give comfort to the body, but everything is there to give comfort to the soul. So I could yeah. see that that was someplace I would really like to be at the same time because Prabhupada made that sacrifice to come to this country, I could also do the same sacrifice. I could also give up that idea of staying there and come here and do something. So um, I had some connection to uh, Marawai Sevak. As a matter of fact, the Gornitai deities that are there were installed by me and Balavanta and a few other devotees one cold winter right after Prabhupada departed. Um, those Gornitai deities are very large. They were made in Navadvip and had them brought to. That's another crazy story. But <clears throat> uh, they came into Jacksonville Port where I picked them up and so forth. And anyway, another long story. Not to get for, our Prabhu, for our international but, listeners, for for our international me? listeners, can you tell us? Can you tell us what Murari Sevak is? Oh, Murari Sevak. <clears throat> Is um, an, an ISKCON project, which is about maybe 30, about 30 minutes from here. And I spent 10 years there, uh, from 2010 uh, up to 2018, 19, 19. So, you're in Tennessee. 10 years. Um, in Tennessee, yes. Um, actually, Mulberry, Tennessee is the actual town. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I took, we took care, we chanted intensely um, this Hare Krishna mantra. And, uh, and the magic was, is always there in that mantra. You just have to apply yourself to it. It's, there's nothing that's restricting our experience of experiencing the maximum happiness and association with Krishna, except our own, except our own, <clears throat> um, our own restrictions. So don't apply any restrictions to chanting the holy name, and you'll be able to experience the maximum effect of being. Can you explain uh, what? Blessed. Can you explain what you mean when you say we put restrictions on ourselves? Can you kind of explain that? Fear. There's fear. There's a there's a natural fear of what what is going to be like to if I give up everything in this world. It's a natural fear. And uh, because Prabhupada has said so many times, this, 
don't ever think that you're going to lose anything by surrendering to Krishna. You will gain everything. And right. uh, this is the, the fact. <clears throat> so there's a fear factor involved that um, that uh, a lot of devotees are, let's say, you know, don't, maybe don't want to confront that, that fear that's inside of them to actually come to the point of, of um, bringing oneself to the point of absolute surrender to Krishna. But there's, it can be done, and it honestly absolutely should be done uh, for everyone. And then, then the life becomes completely, let's say, uh, um, unpredictably beautiful. Uh, so uh, I'm not trying to say you know so much about that, but there's there's that fear factor that is that involved that I if I give up everything if I jump off the cliff if I you know if I cross that line what's going to happen to me and so that's what Prabhupada's really trying to get us he's trying to get us to take that maximum take that maximum opportunity so like. In, the, I have and, another question. And the chanting of the, the chanting of the holy names, when you when you apply, we did kirtans or Marari Sevak for sometimes three, four, five hours at a time, intense kirtans and in front of Gordy time, and uh, the the uh, the ex, the experience and the effect of such chanting, and especially that place has a remarkable seclusion. It's down in this valley, there's no neighbors, there's nothing to really distract you, and practically it's very primitive in a lot of ways. So all we had left, real, all we really had there is Gornitai and the holy names. And so we chanted unrestrictedly and read Shuma Bhagavatam inside out and backwards, because you have to have both. You have to have Krishna's pastimes, and you, you have to have the holy names right next, coding everything that you do. You have to have the holy names coating those pastimes. And in the association of devotees who are all interested, truly, truly interested in the same goal. <clears throat> association of devotees means that. That's what it means. It means getting an association of devotees who are like in like-minded. They have the same goals. And which is to experience, as we'll say, uh, uh, the the uh, the effects of uh, uh, loving devotional service to Krishna. It's in the heart of every living entity. It's in the heart of every soul. It's in the heart of every human being. It just has to be uncovered. And the holy name can uncover that very easily if it's chanted properly. Of course, if you don't chant, you're devotees. Devotees who don't chant, you know there's devotees who don't chant so much. So don't expect very much if you don't chant very much. But the more you actually apply yourself to this Harinam Sankirtan process, the more you will understand what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so, how, how should the, one? Uh, yeah. How should one approach the holy name? I know you've been talking about the holy name a lot, and it's very inspiring to hear that. But uh, there's always the question of how one approaches it. <clears throat> You have to approach it like <clears throat> you have to approach Krishna's name, the Maha Mantra, like it is Krishna. And you're chanting that mantra. And you're, you're chanting that mantra for Krishna at the same time. Because the Maha Mantra is also both Israda and Krishna. 
And so when you're chanting, you're trying to get them to listen. And so you're trying to generate as much sincerity in your heart as you possibly can to hear them, to get them to listen to you. Uh, the people are chanting their names all over the planet, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And so you have to some competition there. You have to get Krishna to listen. <laughs> so you have to be intense about what you're doing. You can't let anything else get in the way. You certainly can't be, let's say, shy about your about your expressions. You want to chant loudly. You want to chant intensely for as long as you can. And if you do this on a regular basis, you'll be able to understand somewhat of what I'm saying. Mm. So we took that same that same mood, and we're here at the Marari Sanctuary, just a few blocks away from Marari Seva. And um, <clears throat> we are also in that in that mood. The goal of life is to develop, you know, attachment to Krishna. And attachment to Krishna is it's very simply done, like in the second verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, that if one <clears throat> yeah, you know, completely rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated, this Bhagavad Purana propounds the highest truth, which is understandable by those devotees who are pure in heart. The highest truth, reality, distinguished from illusion, for the welfare of all. Such truth uproots the threefold miseries. This beautiful Bhagavatam compiled by the great sage Sri Vyasadeva is sufficient in itself for God-realization. As soon as one attentively and submissively hears this message, he becomes attached to the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. So that's the, the key. The key is the chanting. And the, and the recitation and hearing of Krishna's pastimes. And all the things that are in the heart will become dissolved. All the anarthas, all the unwanted things become dissolved. And it's a How tried do... and true process. We read about this in all the pages of Prabhupada's books, every single page, every purport, practically speaking. All the previous acharyas, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is an incredible personality who is, can really can really define your spiritual progress in his writings like no one else. Um, How does one? It's just amazing. So you just have to yes apply yourself to the process. <laughs> How does one know if one is chanting properly? Is there is there some kind of indicators of okay you're on the right you're doing this correctly? You know if you're chanting improperly, <clears throat> if you're not getting a taste, if your taste has dried up. Um, just to bring Bhaktivinoda Thakur back into the picture, he says that at first when the devotee surrenders to Krishna, Krishna gives him direct shelter under his feet. And he feels tremendous bliss and tremendous happiness. And then... But as you go down the road and you start to practice, you realize there's a lot of things in my heart I still have to get, have to, still have to deal with. And so because of those things that are still there, a lot of the material desires may be still there and so forth, the, that taste starts to wane. And then the, the mistake that the devotee makes usually, as Bhaktivinoda says, he says, I have to get it back, I have to get it back. I have to get it back. So I become the doer. No, you're not the doer. The whole point is you're never the doer. Mm. You just have to be sincere and desire 
and, and chant the holy names in a, in a humble state of mind, and then that taste will come back. <clears throat> and if it's and also there's also the case of offense. If you've committed an offense to the holy name or to a Vaishnava, you'll find that that taste will go away also. So you have to find out why what what may have happened and you may have to rectify that problem because it's there. There's a reason, but the taste is there for everyone. Um, just has to be done in a humble state of mind. The Shishastakam prayers, which are, of course, are famous Lord Chaitanya's only real writings that anyone knows. In the third prayer, one should consider oneself lower than the straw in the street, right. more tolerant than the tree, devoid of any sense of false prestige and ready to offer all respect to others. In such a state of mind, one can chant the holy names constantly. There's no obstruction. And that person relishing the name in that mood, he's feeling extreme ecstasy. Yeah. So that's the there is a method for chanting, and Lord Chaitanya has taught us that. Those eight prayers really are the encapsulation of Krishna consciousness uh, to the perfectional stage. From the beginning, Harinam Sankirtan, congregational chanting, to a more personal, it, it, it goes from a, to a more personal level on each prayer. Whereas at the end of that eight, the prayer number eight, one comes to that point of surrendering everything to Krishna, nothing holding back. Just like Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, I've, I'm taking responsibility for everything that you've done. There's nothing that you can do that, that I can't take responsibility for. So I'm telling you to go out and take care of this, this fighting business and I will protect you from all reactions. And give up all religiosity, give up all these things and all your all your fears and just surrender unto me and I will take I will take charge of you. So this is the same process. Krishna is saying, You surrender to me and I will protect you from everything. And Lord Chaitanya is saying the same thing through the Shishasta prayers. Can you tell us a little bit about in a more even your in a more sweet way? Can you tell us a little yep. bit about Murari Sanctuary and what you do there and how many people are there and how many cows and all that? So we get down to the, the physical reality. We need to live in this world <clears throat> and we have to live in this world in, in, in an environment which is uh, most suitable for chanting the holy names. So that's why Prabhupada said, live very simply, uh, think high, live simply, uh, simplicity is crucial. You can't complicate your life with all kinds of toys and trinkets and all kinds of distractions. Your life has to be very simple, very, very regulated. Every day we are doing at least two, two hours of kirtan every day, in the morning and the evening, every single day. <clears throat> and this way, the, the mind becomes steady, the heart becomes steady, okay? And in this way, the, the taste for Krishna gets closer, gets uh, stronger and stronger. You want to have, uh, you want to experience Krishna consciousness, it requires regulation. It requires following the principles. And there can be no nonsense at all. No intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling. Of course, no media game. That's easy enough. So these things have to be in place. And then your taste for chanting will increase more and more. So we have to have a backdrop for 
the best possible backdrop for becoming Krishna conscious. And Prabhupada urged, I'll, I'll show you a little book that I printed about 10 years ago. It's called, At Any Cost, Do It. This is, um, I'll show you here. I can make it bigger here. Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, so that this little booklet, uh, there are quotes from Prabhupada uh, that how important it is for devotees. For devotees, oh yeah, I think you expanded the picture. Okay. Yeah, you can show it again if you want. Get it over here. Okay. So in this booklet, in anybody wants one, just give me, you know, just write to me, and I'll send you one. But this booklet has a compilation of Prabhupada's quotes, all about how to live simply, how to do this farming, farm, 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 so much. I will read. I'll just read one little quote here. Yes, please. Yes. Um, so Prabhupada is saying here, um, so you make, organize, I give you the idea, but I'll not live very long. So you can carry, if you carry it out, you can change the whole world, especially if you can change America, then the whole world will change. Um, So in this way, Prabhupada did so many different quotes, strongly suggests, more than suggests, strongly instructs that devotees should be living, let's say, outside, outside of the status quo, everyday society. We don't, we don't belong there. It's not our home. And everybody has to struggle paying bills and so on and so forth. There's nothing wrong with struggling and paying bills, but there is something wrong with living a life which is see, devoid of the simplicity and the Krishna consciousness, which is actually comes along quite more naturally on a natural setting like this. And we do have 20 cows, yes. Um, wow. Well, here's a, here's a little, here's a little something here. This is our, uh, one of our handout cards. It's a picture of our cows, a cows, some cows. Murari yeah. Temple and Goshala. And it's an invitation. It says, uh, changing the world one vibrant village at a time. So somehow or other, I'm, I've been given this enthusiasm to do this. And <clears throat> the, um, this enthusiasm has carried me. Uh, this is Prabhupada's side of the equation. Prabhupada's side of the equation is to live simply on the farm, develop your skills, and it doesn't take that long to learn these skills sometimes devotees they become um, discouraged because there's a lot of things they don't know about farming and so on and so forth and we don't know anything yeah. practically speaking my my grandparents had a dairy farm so there must be maybe some genetics in there but anyway um, wow. that's long gone <clears throat> and I lived I lived like just a modern life like anybody else and this and so forth with the college and did everything like that so so we have to learn these skills and not become discouraged because really growing food and taking care of cows is really not that difficult. It really isn't. Um, once you learn a few things, you find that you have so much time, actually you have so much time. And we're still developing things here. We have so many things going on, building a temple room, temple, temple. And, 
and uh, we're building picnic areas and we, we have a river, we're on a river. And so that's also a very uh, beautiful, beautiful river, Duck River. And uh, we have a nice, some nice backdrop for people coming here. And so we're starting to get more and more, lots of guests actually. And we're pretty far away from Nashville, about an hour. So this backdrop with the cows and, and so forth, the cows are also essential. Once you associate with them, uh, they also supply, uh, they also supply their, let's say, their, their affection also in reciprocation. The cows are very affectionate, loving creatures, and um, they need to be protected. And so we, you know, we have plans to protect, we'll say, not just 20, but maybe thousands. It's coming along. <laughs> There's a plan in the plan. There's a, in the works like that that protect thousands of cows and chant millions of mantras at the same, chant millions of how mantras at the same time. <laughs> how many devotees live on so live with you there on Morari Sanctuary? We have we have we have seven seven devotees living here now. Wow. Uh, I have a question, Prabhu. Uh, so you you were talking about we, living. Right, the only reason that we don't have more. We don't have more. The reason why there's not more is because we don't have living facility, which is that's why I say we're still I building see. and developing things. Yeah. I have a question about living simply. Is it possible, in your uh, viewpoint, to live simply but not be living on a farm, say living in suburban area or urban area? No, I don't think so, um, because the natural tendency is to depend on your suburban environment <clears throat> you can do a few things i mean you can grow you know you can have a nice garden and if you have maybe an acre or two you can maybe have a cow if they'll allow it <clears throat> and uh, but for the most part it's very difficult because you become part of the system you, you have your car your driveway you know yeah. and you have your house and you have <clears throat> things that you're doing there you get caught up in suburbia we don't want to be caught up in suburbia. We want to live free out in the open air. No vaccinations here, baby. No. <laughs> we live we, we depend on vitamin <laughs> we depend on vitamin D coming from the don't, sunshine. Don't, don't say the We're V word. All the don't time. say the V word. Nobody gets sick. Yeah. If you live in a if you live in a cube, you're gonna get sick because of bad air and no light. And then no right. exercise. Oh, I get so much exercise. I'm 75. This body is 75. I'm not sick. Wow. You look great for yeah. 75. So, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. That's I what you they were say. Like 65. Well, you, create, maybe, you do the math, you know. If you do the you can do the math. I became a devotee when I was 24 in 1971. Wow. So you do the math. Um, um <clears throat> But what yes, would you say? My, what would you say to someone? Everything is working pretty good. What would you say to someone who wants to have a regulated life? Like you were talking about regulation, but when you have young yeah. kids, like for me, example, I have a I have a four year old and a two year old. It, when you try to put some type of regulation Amen. on your life, when you have it, when you want to put regulation on your life with little kids, it's kind of a difficult thing to do. So, what advice would you give for me, for example? It's well. It's really impossible. It's very difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're yeah. laughing because you know it's true. Yes, it really yes. Yeah, I agree I with you. To, I went, like I said, 
I went through 35 years of that. You know, I raised five children. So wow. I know exactly what you mean. So um, and fortunately, they're all doing well, <laughs> pretty well, actually. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's no, it's almost impossible. So you really do have to get to a point where you don't that those, those distractions are minimized. And that's why you know, later in life, there's, there's a point when you want to go to a, let's say, a, uh, a holy place. And the holy places, there's so many holy places. So if you can't go to those holy places in India, then you create one. Now we're creating a holy place here. <laughs> Radha and Krishna are here. Prabhupada's here. All of his books are here. Everything's here. It's a holy place. We chant Hare Krishna. Chant the holy names. It's a holy place. Um, um, it's so funny that today, just before the program, we had some visitors, and uh, they were as a very unusual uh, group. About seven people came, and they were Muslims. And I've never, never had any Muslims visit here before. <laughs> wow! And but they were very nice, and they were very respectful. And more than respectful, they were kind of desperate to get some help. For their baby which was actually ill heart problem or something and um it was just the most unusual experience because they were not accustomed to where they were they they had some idea that this was krishna and radha and they were praying to radha and krishna like like they were they knew they were praying to radha and krishna because they were in such a state of desperation so it was a very um, it was a very unusual moment there just before we started our, our discussion here, but that's that's there's all kinds of surprises when you live out in the middle of nowhere. I'll tell you, you never think a carload of Muslims show up, <laughs> and all of a sudden your everything changes. But they were very respectful, and we chanted with you the bhajan with them, we chanted Hare Krishna with them, had a kirtan, you know, and they had darshan of Radha and Krishna. And uh, I, this morning, my carpenter, he was finishing up a job. And I was just taking the garland off of Radha. I said, I'm going to give this to Pat. And so I, I took the garland out to, the, uh, to where Pat was working. He was just finishing up. And I said, Pat, can you put this garland on? Do you mind putting this garland on? I'll put it on your neck. You know, he's, he's a, I mean, a rough, a rough uh, example of a Tennessee hillbilly. I'm serious. But he's beautiful inside. He's a great guy. So he says, sure. Yeah, man. I like that. He talks like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I put Rod around his garland around her and took a picture. <laughs> Maybe I can find it here on the record. Why not? We got wow. two hours, right? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Prabhu, you, you were talking about like-minded association. Now, yes. is 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 everyone on the farm there with you? Would you feel like they're like-minded association? And if someone, uh, how would someone find like-minded association? And in your, um, what's your perspective on on finding like-minded association? Mm. Oh, hold on, it's let not me make this very screen. good. Yeah, yeah, oh, I can't okay. see it so well. Yeah, it's it's not working too well. Oh, there you, oh, oh, there okay. you go. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Anyway, like-minded like-minded association. 
Krishna helps. Krishna helps with that. Um, yeah. Not not everyone is the same. Not everyone is on the same level. Not everyone is in the same state of consciousness or the same state of desire. Uh, and flat out speaking, there are people who are actually crooked in Krishna consciousness who really are utilizing, let's say, the facilities for uh, for their own purposes. Uh, this is quite natural <clears throat> in the material world because that's just the way the material world works. Somebody sees an opportunity and they utilize it for their own advantage. But that's not devotional service. Devotional service, it begins, as the second verse says, uh, rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated. So you can't even enter into the Bhagavatam with any kind of materially material consciousness. <clears throat> so, like-minded association is what Krishna brings to the heart. He knows, uh, he knows where you're supposed to be, and you have to be patient. You can't force it. You can't say, "I'm going to go join this temple," or "I'm going to go join that temple," and it may not work out. It may not be the place for you, because you have to find people who are thinking and feeling and willing in the same direction. Yeah. They want to. They want to know Krishna. You have to find Krishna. That's it. That's it really. That's the whole point, isn't it? No, what other point is there? Krishna consciousness. You know, Krishna consciousness means the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Uh, we read it in Krishna book. No, Prabhupada says International Society for Krishna Consciousness. It means the Society for Loving Krishna. But Prabhupada couldn't call it the International Society for Loving Krishna. That sounds a bit sentimental. So he had to have a more generic name to the whole thing. <laughs> so Krishna consciousness. But Krishna consciousness means loving Krishna. That's what Krishna consciousness is. It means your heart becomes saturated with love for Krishna. And that is Krishna consciousness. And then you can do some service. Then you're ready to take on the world. And that's why, <laughs> that's why, where am I here? Yeah. And that's why this fool uh, decided to run for Congress because I wanted to introduce Krishna to the masses of people. Wow. To the masses. How are the masses going to, how are they ever going to learn about Krishna if you don't actually find a way to tell them? One nation under all of God's names, the names of God, so forth. And specializing in Bhagavad Gita, as you see on the bottom there. Anyway. That's Krishna Das. He's my he's my he's my uh, alias, uh, also known as <clears throat> Gadi Das, also known as Krishna Das. Because the point is, we're all Krishna Das. Every living entity is Krishna Das. So I figured, let's make the signs up, put them all over the place, Krishna Das, and people will say, Krishna Das, Krishna Das. Huh, that's nice, you know. And yeah. he said, I'm Krishna Das too. Yes, you're Krishna Das too. Yeah, we're all Krishna Das. <laughs> What's so going on showing, with the screen here? I'm popping I'm all just, over the place. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm okay, just, there I'm it just is. showing the screen right. here. Uh, Krishna, Joseph Krishnadas for Congress, District 4, Tennessee. Now, Joseph is my biological name. Yeah, like right, like right. Bible, Joseph. I love this. So, what are your what, when you meet someone, uh, uh, someone who you're trying to kind of just a brand new person, and they're like, okay, uh, really quickly, look, what's your elevator pitch, so to say, about about running what do you what do, what do you tell the, the person well i try to make them understand 
Now, the, the very first thing is that God is one and he has millions of names. Right? Just like Lord Chaitanya says. Right? He, he has <laughs> hundreds and thousands of names, millions of names. So the same principle that God is one. There's only one God can only be, but he has so many names. So I said, you can address your God with your name. It's fine. You can even sing that name. You can chant that name. Probably says all these things too in different lectures and so forth. That the, all these names of God refer to the same person. Now we have names of Krishna. These are more intimate names, of no doubt. Uh, but there are many names of God which uh, which uh, characterize his Aishwarya or his opulence, his majesty, his awe, and so on and so forth. These names are also uh, potent. But, so we want to be able to encourage people, regardless of their religion, to somehow unite on this principle that God is one person, only one person, and he has millions of names. So if <laughs> if you're able to do that, say politically speaking, and be people that they, they stop creating this crazy uh, division between religions and so forth, because really God is behind all religions, he's just addressed in his different worship, these different cultures, different kinds of worship, all these are details. The details, but the most important thing is that you find the essence, and the essence is there's only one person receiving all of this information. Even Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that, about demigod worship and so forth, it's all coming to me. I'm behind this whole thing. And so you worship a demigod, but they're offering it to me. So in this way, Krishna is only, God is one. He has millions of names and different cultures, different races, different kinds of worship and so forth. It's all details. Bhaktivinoda, of course, stresses this and Shikshamrita, Chaitanya Shikshamrita. So <clears throat> if you understand that, then you can have a platform that people are just of different religions would just understand this simple principle. They would vote for God-conscious people, regardless of the religion, because the moral the morality is going to be in is going to be there because most religions, genuine religions, have good morals and good morality. And hopefully the person is honest. And the person is, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, cheating can go on in any any place and anywhere. But basically, if the person is God conscious and genuinely so, regardless of the religion, you'll find that his morals are intact also. Mm. So that's the principle behind this whole thing. What do you think? And of course, Krishna what's, your, <laughs> what's your viewpoint on what's going on in America right now as far as like people becoming much more materialistic, much more divided, much more fearful? Uh, how can we kind of bring people back to a more stable place? Like it seems that 50 years ago, things were a lot better in the sense of people's mental faculties and mental health was even so much better at that time. Now, after so much advancement of technology and things, it should be that, okay, maybe we should uh, have a little bit more peace of mind, but it seems that it's completely backwards. That's horrible. It's very bad. The world is, is in chaos. And <clears throat> the way that the demons control, the way that the atheists control, um, they create chaos. Chaos. They put everybody in so much stress, so much division, so many problems, so many pressing, serious problems that they create chaos. 
And as soon as you have everybody in chaos and arguing about this and that, you have them controlled. Right. They're, control. they're, they're controlled. Yeah. So that's what they do. It's, it's, it's a, a well-thought-out plan, and it's actually historically accurate that if you can keep people in a, in a confused state, you have them controlled. That's why if these God-conscious God conscious people would just, would they organize under one nation, under all of God's names, and elect someone, anyway, but they, 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 they are so expert at dividing people instead of uniting that it creates a chaos. You have a chaos with, uh, what did I say here? Because we're only able to really focus on one thing at one time. Okay, so you have a problem. Okay, everybody sit down. We're going to figure out this problem. We're going to take on this problem. We're going to solve this problem right here and right now. The border crisis. But it's not just the border crisis. You have Ukraine war. You have <clears throat> crime going out of control in all the different cities. You have fentanyl overdoses <clears throat> because of the open border. <clears throat> you have... Um, what other, so many, so many insane things, educational systems upside down, going crazy. Yeah. Teaching thing, teaching five-year-olds about their sexuality and so on and so forth. So you create all of these, like a big screen, so many, so many, uh, so many screens. And each screen is a horrible problem. Which one do you focus on? They can't, you can't focus on all of them at one time. You can only take one. Yeah. But the other ones go on, I and mean, then they'll create another one because so they keep, they continue the chaos. As long as there's enough chaos, they have everyone controlled, and then they lie. Of course, there's all kinds of fake news reports, all these different things. You can't trust anything you hear, practically speaking. Yeah. Truth is practically extinguished at this present time. A lie is truth. The truth is lie. Everything is everything is relative. So. <clears throat> That last leg that the uh, that Kali was standing on, or the, the Dharma was standing on, religiosity, right. that last leg of truthfulness is practically chopped away uh, at the present time. So it's very hard to actually speak to people and try to actually let them understand there is really truth. There is some truth. There's absolute truth. There are, there are, there are principles which are real, which you can live by, which you can actually be happy. I don't think people believe that anymore. I don't think they believe hardly anything. They just want to uh, indulge themselves in uh, excesses and of all different types and descriptions and things that are unimaginable. So <clears throat> that's the, the condition of the world right now. We are put into a state of confusion. And that's why these villages are so important. They, we have to create our own food chain. We have to create our own clothing chain. We have to create our own everything chain. But we start with food. Okay, we have the cows and we have the lamb. Clothes, you can always find something to wear. <laughs> you don't have to make any clothes. You know? Walmart's still going to be open, even if we start our own communities. And if you have to buy a shirt, you can still go there and buy a shirt. You know? Right. But... <clears throat> And all these things will go on, but we don't know how long they go on because these are all supplied by our enemies, people who don't like us. They're only mm -hmm. doing it because they make money. That's all. Yeah. 
I really don't like us. They'd rather kill us all. So that's part of the problem, too, that we're dependent on our enemies for food. What is the, how much sense does it make you to buy, you know, to buy food that comes 7,000 miles across the, you know, the continent from another place, either India, China, whatever it is? Well, why can't we just grow our food here? That's why in my campaign, I said, I want, everything can be done in a hundred mile radius. Everything we need can be provided medicine. What about medicine? That's another big one. Medicine and food, those two, can be provided in a hundred mile radius. And everyone will have, can feel secure. They don't have to worry about getting their diabetic medicine or their this medicine or that medicine. It all can be produced right here. And so many herbs and everything else can be done in a more natural way too. Not just the allopathic way, but the, actually the herbal way or the natural way of, of medicine. I remember. And, so and if you eat good, if you have good food, you're going to stay healthy. Just you won't get as sick. So first of all, yeah. so buying all this food from other countries, you don't know what's in it. You know, you have no idea what's in it. You I have remember no idea what you're eating. Yeah, I remember reading a is. conversation with. Uh, uh, Srila Prabhupada and and they were asking him like what's the solution to all of this you know people going far away to work and gasoline and cars and things like that and he said the solution is localization making everything close by why are people driving 100 miles to go to work why are they driving 200 miles to go see their friends why don't their friends live near them so if everything is localized then we can um we don't have to travel anywhere everything can be close by and as well as currency currency should be grains because yeah. that's that how it was currency, in the old yes, time. it's like a, like a barter system yeah 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 so do you do you grow so, all your own yes, food probably there did at say it was a very humorous way. He said he he wrote those things that we can get everything locally. Uh, we can get our food locally. We get our uh, everything. <laughs> so um, yes, because what's the point of you know driving 40, 50 miles to a grocery store, you know, to some particular right. store just to get one item, two items, and so forth? It's really insanity, and and then you're. <clears throat> You're driving in a car, which is also very dangerous, by the way. Uh, cars are not necessarily safe. Your car may be safe, but somebody else's may not be, or they may not be safe. Uh, they may be dangerous. So people are killed all the time on the highways. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. So you live simply, you have a couple of acres of land and a cow and some, grow some food, have a beautiful, your family grows up healthy and happy. You don't have to weaken more. Yeah. That your kids can play outside. You don't have to worry about pedophiles and everything else that's on the streets. So many things. Yeah. You can have Most gated communities. These, these are called these are gated communities. Gated, they're locked. We have our own our own patrol system, our own police force inside these gigantic relative, uh, villages. This is not a small thing. I'm proposing really big villages. But right now we gotta start somewhere. It's gotta start right here, right now. <clears throat> But proposing very big villages with gated, everyone is everyone is vetted or you know, checked out before they're able to even come near this place, and so the mm. children are the children are happy, the children are feeling uh, protected, the women are feeling protected, okay, 
the whole place, everyone's feeling happy and protected. They can trust who their neighbors are and so on and so forth. Living outside in this world, you never know who you're living next to. You never know. And um, <clears throat> that that creates really unnecessary anxiety. It's more of that chaos. Most people, Prabhu, I so, would say, even devotees, they would think that I'm comfortable where I am and I can practice my Krishna consciousness and we kind of get used to this comfort life. Okay. I can just drive five minutes and buy apples and vegetables at the grocery store. I can go and drive my car to my friend's house. I can work remotely from my own house and money comes in. So there's this comfort factor, which is I personally, I'll talk about myself. I'm comfortable in my life. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the farm community structure that you're talking about is kind of like a pie in the sky for me in the sense of it, it's going to take a lot of effort for me to get there. So what would you say to, to me uh, regarding that kind of being comfortable and being set in my ways in that? Well, we're not talking about going back to some primitive life. <clears throat> right. We're going to, we, because that's way too difficult. We can't go back to ox carts and, and so and so forth. <laughs> Even though that may be ideal, and that, that may be ideal in for some few people, they may like to do that particular thing. Go back to that level of primitive. I'm talking. You build yourself a nice cabin. You have your internet. You have your do everything you do. But every single person that lives around you, you know who they are, and you can and you know that they're trustworthy and so forth. They're loving, devoted. Mm -hmm. Loving right. people, okay? So you, you keep your car, you keep everything that's there, but you live in a place where you can grow your own food. And then that guy down the, down the road, he's, he's milking the cows. So you get your milk, you get your butter, you right. get your ghee, you get your yogurt, everything from there. The other guy down the road, he's, he's growing flowers. And so he's supplying flowers for your deities in your home, okay? And so, yeah, that's right. And for the temple as well. Another guy down the road, he's, you know, he's a mechanic, so he's fixing your car so you can still drive around. <laughs> but that you don't really, we can't go back to a primitive state. You can still have every, you can still have your job, but you have to be separated. You have to separate yourself from this other very, we'll say, um, um, insecure world, an insecure world. Therefore, you know, this guy, I'm, he's, I'm always going to have milk products because he's, he has all these beautiful cows, and he's, and he has milk, and he has butter, and he has yogurt. And that, I could definitely gonna have that. Maybe I'll have my own cow. Who knows? But I can grow. I can grow uh, food. I can grow easily. I can grow beans. I can grow pet beets and broccoli and cauliflower and all these different vegetables and even grains. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Mm. It's just that you're addicted to the to the to the a false simplicity. Yeah. Get in the car and going down to the road, down the road, and getting out and going into Kroger's, <clears throat> okay, Kroger's or whatever, wherever. <clears throat> oh, I know one for you. Wait a minute. Um, uh, <clears throat> Wegmans, Wegmans, Wegmans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you're born in New Jersey, right? You know, you know that, all the that, that, stores, that right? store is intoxicating. There's no doubt about it. That store is intoxicating. <laughs> yeah. I know they're in New Jersey. I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Imagine it's like going to it's like go to it's going to like forty different countries at one time. 
Yeah. You're visiting I, I like and what you said. A taste of 40 different culinary things at one time. It's an amazing place. I, amazing experience. But I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. I like what you said in the sense of yeah. you, you know, a person down the street, they're milking the cow and the person next door, they're co they have the vegetables and you live in a community of people, devotees that you trust and, uh, you know, your kids can grow up in a nice way and you know who everyone is and things like that. That's a, that's a really beautiful, um, outlook. And I'd love to, I'd love to have that for my life. It's just, where is that? If besides, you know, ten where you are in Tennessee, I don't know if I'm ready to go to live in Tennessee in the, in kind of the outskirts of, of away from civilization, you know? I know it's, it, it, it seems like, it seems like, um, it seems like something that's almost unreachable, but actually mm. it's just a matter of doing it. I mean, it's really yeah. not that outrageous to have a right. gated community with these people have private communities like the Amish. Yeah. They have their communities, but yeah. even better than the Amish, you know, we have, um, we take care of the cows. We don't kill them, <clears throat> but, um, the idea that this sounds is so outrageous is really not. Now, but you do have to know who your neighbors are. You can't let just anybody come in. Mm -hmm. There has to be vetted. They have to be checked out. Everyone has to be checked out. And then you have a beautiful, incredible community, vibrant, and everyone's in a positive spirit. Then you have your then you have your central temple. And some of these visions, I could I could see. You know, you have your Christian church. You know, you have whatever the, the center of your community may be. But really, God has to be in the center of everything. Otherwise, and Krishna has to be in the center for us in, in, every, in every case. And then, I mean, truly in the center, that the temple has to be the center of life. Yeah. So are and, you looking uh, for people to come, to come there to Murari Sanctuary to grow it more? Or have you kind of like uh, locked it down a little bit more? No, we're looking for more people. Uh, the only restriction we have now is accommodations. Right. Uh, we have people that want to live here right now, and that's that's not a problem. And they're good people, people that we you know we know for long periods of time, and we'll say we have accustomed to seeing their to seeing their uh, nature, um, and therefore we know that they're good. How much you space do you as, have as much as you can? Huh? Yeah. How so no, finding people to want to do this is not that difficult. Yeah. But, uh, and you know, it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a dream, but this is Prabhupada's dream. He's saying, do it at any cost, do it. Don't, don't even hesitate. You have to do this because it is really the Krishna conscious way to live. Because yeah. the Prabhupada says, <clears throat> Balaram has a plow. Krishna's holding, Balaram's holding the plow, Krishna's holding the calf. Live like Krishna and Balaram. Live on the farm. Take yeah. care of the cows. Live in the village. You know, chant. Whenever, I, whenever I have devotees on, devotees on who are into sustainable living and cows and growing your own food and, and kind of moving away from, like you said, getting everything from you know our enemies so to say like people who don't like us and things like that and who want to exploit us i i really appreciate that and i'd, I'd love to do that it's just it's just it's difficult to kind of figure out where to do it in the sense of 
in the context of Morari Sanctuary, how much space do you have? Like if someone like me wanted to come and say, I want to buy a plot of your land there and live with you, would that be something that you would entertain? Um, <clears throat> that would be something to look at, sure. Mm -hmm. So someone could come and be... say, I'll build a house and I'll buy some of your land. How much land do you have there? We have 90 acres. That's huge. Wow. It's not as and, big as I wanted. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I want 9,000 9, 9, acres is what I'm looking at here. <laughs> wow. And as far and as then, the clim climate wise. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking large parcels of land. Yeah, large parcels. Yeah. But see, that requires, that requires a person or persons who are committed to this thing, to this idea, mm -hmm. and have the money to be able to do it. It's going to take money to do it, there's no doubt. Um, and then everyone can have an acre, two acres, five acres of land. And Prabhupada doesn't say sell it to them. He says give it to them. We give you land. It's all here. It's all in this, this book. There we go. This one. At any cost, do it. It's, it's in there. Prabhupada, all these quotes. We're not going to charge you for the land. You come here. We give you this land. You grow some food. You chant Hare Krishna and be happy. But, you know, I mean, Prabhupada was very, he was also dreamt very big. He never saw things in a small way. So um, I tend to go in the same direction and see things in a big way. Is it is it important to stay in a big place where... Big Harinam parties. <laughs> yeah. Is it important to stay in a place which has a good weather all year round? Is Tennessee like that? Tennessee is not like that. Tennessee can be very hot. It can be, <clears throat> can be very cold. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the temperature today is very nice. It was a nice day. But it has seasonal changes, just like Jersey. Matter of fact, not that much different from Jersey. Right. right. Mm. Yeah, the seasons. Could you tell us a little bit about your... Um, Grahasta life in the sense of you were married, you said for what, 35 plus years, you have five children. Can you tell us how you were how you were keeping up with your Krishna consciousness throughout that time? Um well, um would have I would have programs at my house mm. in Alachua. Some of the programs would be like 300 people. We're talking, not, not talking about small, <laughs> small programs, big wow. programs. And we would, we would cook and the you know, kids would help and they would cook and, and we have these big kirtans and everything. And High Springs, all that's what, you know, that area. You've been there, I'm sure. Right. But yeah. <clears throat> that's, those, are, those are special events. On a daily basis, uh, much more difficult to... You know, we talked about that earlier, that uh, household life, that's why it's described as a, you know, the deep well, because you get down in that well and you can't hardly see any light because it's uh, gets pretty dark. And you're wondering, am I ever going to, ever going to get my spiritual life together? Am I ever going to see the light again? <laughs> right. So that's natural. That's okay. Um, you can't expect too much of yourself when you have your environment is so, let's say, um, demanding, demanding. 
You have to wait your time, patience. Don't wait too long. You don't want to wait too long. Yeah. You want to be able to have some time to really develop your attachment to Krishna, to chanting the holy mm -hmm. names and reading these beautiful books that Prabhupada left us. So we have um there's a couple there's a couple of things I wanted to read from the Bhagavatam. Is that okay? Yes, please, yeah, please, please. Okay. This is um this is from Shrimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter seven. But this by the way, I do advocate the original printing, it's just a preference of mine. Because I don't <clears throat> I don't think let's say disturbing disturbing Prabhupada's poetry and his way of writing is a very good way to go about respecting him uh, right. he wrote and things came out the way they were the way they came out and i think for the most part and for the big part it was perfectly perfectly done and the effect of a person reading Prabhupada's books in the original copies will there's a special magic in those books as far as i'm concerned so i don't mm -hmm. i don't want to tamper with that so this is <clears throat> counter one chapter seven the son of Drona punished, and this is just from Prabhupada's purport about <clears throat> about the um, the modern day politics, I guess, because we were talking about that a little while ago. So Prabhupada says, by hearing the subject matter of Srimad Bhagavatam, this false complexity of materialism is removed. The false complexity of materialism is removed. So when you say, can you live in the suburbia and can you be simple? No, because you've, you've adopted the false complexity. That's all mm -hmm. false complexity as far as I'm concerned. Of materialism, you like, you like to go, you know, you like to push a button and watch the lights come on, you know. You like to push the button, um, remote button, and have the air conditioner come on and so on and so forth. These are false, we'll say, false complexities of materialism and by <clears throat> hearing Srimad Bhagavatam it really brings you to the most simple and the greatest essence of your life is to understand how easy life can actually be and not so complex that's all false <clears throat> what text are you on Prabhu this is um, text number seven, uh, text seven. chapter chapter seven uh, chapter seven I'm sorry chapter seven uh, text number seven, <clears throat> purport. So, mm -hmm. so this is this one line, just one line. By hearing the subject matter of Srimad Bhagavatam, this false complexity of materialism is removed and real peace in society begins. Um, which politicians aspire for so eagerly in so many political situations so probably oh you're bringing it up that's oh nice okay which which uh, paragraph are you the on? politicians want a yeah the politicians i'm speaking so loud i'm so am i speaking too loud no? no you're not you're not speaking too loud the politicians okay the politicians want a peaceful situation between man and man nation and nation but at the same time because of too much attachment for material domination there is illusion and fearfulness. 
Therefore, the politicians' peace conferences cannot bring about peace in society. It can only be done, listen to this, it can only be done by hearing the subject matter described in Srimad Bhagavatam about the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. The foolish politicians may go on holding peace in summit conferences for hundreds of years, but they will fail to achieve success. Until we reach the stage of reestablishing our lost relation with Krishna, the illusion of accepting the body as the self will prevail, and thus fearfulness will also prevail. The greatest fearfulness is that we're afraid of losing this material body. Death is death is a fearful thing. It's a scary thing. So it seems like the unknown, like what happens when this when this body comes to an end. Um, so, if we are not self-realized, if we don't have any, uh, if we don't have any kind of concept of of spiritual concept of not being this material body, but we're actually, we're, then we will continue to think about this and take care of this body to the bitter end. You replace every part in it. You know, it's like you have your favorite car. You just want to keep it forever. So you keep replacing all the parts in that car. But eventually it's going to it's gonna fall apart. Same thing with the material body. It's just a vehicle. And you can keep replacing all the parts and adding all kinds of additives in the form of drugs or whatever you know, to try and keep the thing running. But ultimately it's going to die. So... If you have no self-realization, if you have no information about this soul, that you're the eternal soul within the body and not this body, then you're going to, you're going to have fearfulness. And fearfulness means that you're afraid that somebody else is going to come and take away this material body. Some enemy is going to come and take mm -hmm. away this material body. Uh, so in this way, there's no peace. The only peace comes from hearing Krishna's pastime. And chanting the holy names. That's it. That's it. That's the essence. There is nothing else. The holy name is everything. There's nothing else. And hearing Krishna's pastimes together in that combination will make you attached to Krishna. And then you actually have something. Then you've got something. You've got something really wonderful. Before that, there's nothing. It's all like a bunch of zeros with no one in front of it, as Prabhupada said. Mm -hmm. You got a bunch of zeros. <clears throat> So there is a way to um, to live in this world. There's a way to live in this world and uh, and uh, make the most of it. You got to make the most of it. You don't want to yeah. waste your time. I wasted. So I used to feel like I wasted so many years. I know how you're feeling sometimes when you talk about about your household life because you feel like you're just wasting. So much life is going by and I'm not you know, participating in my sadhana like I should and so on and so forth. <laughs> so I mean I do uh, I do feel I do feel like it's uh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. What was that? No, I was saying please go ahead. Oh. No, I said uh, but you have to be you have to have patience and faith. Yeah. Faith that Krishna will open the door when it's time to open the door. Uh, faith that your desires will be fulfilled, your spiritual desires will be fulfilled. You have to have yeah. that faith. Even in the most crowded and the most confusing time of your life, maybe the most upside down time of your life, 
you can use those those times actually for spiritual advancement like nothing else really mm -hmm. uh, because <clears throat> the pain experienced in this material world is actually a great blessing because if it wasn't for that pain you would have very little impetus to to get to a higher state of consciousness if it was always pleasant but it's not pleasant matter of fact it's it's practically not pleasant at any moment when you can really analyze it mostly it's like a dream you know like you have a dream in your head how something's going to be but it never really turns out that way it's always disappointing yeah. in some way right? that's the way of material life and it's designed that way so that you'll you'll turn your heart towards krishna that's it there's nothing else yeah. and you take those names and you start to chant those names like you like like it's your last breath it's your last day on earth because it yeah. may be it might be your last day on earth you never know <clears throat> so that's what we're here for we're here and I'm, somehow krista has kept me alive for this long and um <clears throat> I really didn't think I'd be here at 75 years old, but you know, I astrologically, some astrologer told me I got till 92, so I got more years to suffer here and uh, try and do something. Amazing, um, Prabhu. One it last is. question. Believe me, as you get older, there is there is some built-in sufferings that come along with the. Uh, of course, of course, yeah. There is more aches and pains, and your eyes. You know, wearing glasses and so forth, and I got hearing yeah. aids, and you know, the parts. I'm keep replacing the parts, but you know, at some point, um, they're going to wear out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, happy. About it. I'm not. There's no. There's no problem. I'm. I'm probably the happiest person imaginable, because I did somehow or other utilize this life in some amazing magical way. Uh, Krishna has been very kind to me. So if I can right. share that with others through living and doing kirtan and doing uh, uh, pleasing the persons that um, I've been inspired by. Ayanjur uh, Prabhu, of course, being one of them. Um, his his dedication to chanting the holy names. Is, the reason that he was so dedicated to chanting those holy names is because he was living, living the holy names. He was genuinely, genuinely attached to Krishna, genuinely attached to Radharani, genuinely attached, like a bridge basu in the, in the pastimes of Krishna. I know him. I know him somehow. I know him better than I know myself. As I know myself, I know him. Uh, for some reason, we were uh, connected like that. So I'm doing this on behalf of him also because uh, to promote the chanting of the holy names because that is real magic that is the real that is the real cure the only cure of material disease. and this is not i am just speaking this is Prabhupada speaking Prabhupada says the same thing the only yeah. um, the only what is it the last line here uh, until we reach the stage of real establishing our lost relationship with krishna the illusion of accepting the body as a self will prevail so how do you establish the relationship with Krishna? So Harinam, Sankirtan, the process right. of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. That's it. And you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it intensely. It does take it does take energy. 
just like if you do something nonchalant, you know, like if you go to school and you just kind of like cruise along, you know, you're not going to be, <clears throat> you're not going to be uh, recognized by, by uh, the authorities as, oh, this person really stands out because, uh, no, the person who stands out is the person who puts out the most energy in that field. He wants to be the best. Okay. So you have to have that same kind of mentality towards your spiritual life, but you can't make it happen. That's the, that's the key. You can't make anything happen. <clears throat> Krishna has yeah. to open the door, but you can, you, all you can do is show your sincerity to please Krishna open that door. Mm -hmm. Please, I'm going to chant with all my might, all my heart and soul. Will you please open that door? Because <clears throat> I can't open it myself. We're never the doers. And our chanting should be never for our own pleasure. That's a hard one because Krishna's sense gratification <clears throat> is essential. He's, he loves to enjoy. He is the only enjoyer, as he says in the Bhagavad Gita. And so because he's the only enjoyer, how, do we, how can we participate in his enjoyment? By chanting the holy names in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw on the street, more tolerant than a tree. That's it. <clears throat> So when you give sense gratification to Krishna, then automatically your, your sense gratification is guaranteed. Sense gratification must be there. Your senses have to be satisfied. You have to be gratified. But you have you do that by, by loving devotional service to Krishna in the mood of giving Krishna happiness. Krishna's happiness first, and mine will automatically be there. You don't even think like that. You just think Krishna's happiness first. Whatever happens after that, that's up to him. That's the last wow. prayer in the Shishastika. <clears throat> I give you everything, Krishna. You can do with me now as you like. As you can keep me or you can kill me. It's up to you. Yeah. But I'm not going away. I'm your devotee. That's it. And I know that you always protect your devotees. Yeah. I know that you're always there so, for your devotees. Something I, I want to appreciate like, about you. Know, you. We just, we just, you can finish we your thought there. This, yeah, yeah, let me finish the thought. <clears throat> We were reading in the Bhagavatam today that Arjuna is talking to his brother, Yudhisthira. <clears throat> Yudhisthira just got finished asking him so many questions. Why are you looking so bad? Why do you have no color in your face? Why is your head hanging down? Why are tears in your eyes? And so Yudhisthira was asking all these questions and trying not to, uh, not to ask the ultimate question. Has Krishna left? Has he finally left? <clears throat> And so Arjuna is now, he's speaking about the events that took place um, in his life with Krishna. And now Krishna is gone. He admitted it now to his brother Yudhisthira that Krishna has now left. And so he says that Krishna is the one who loosened the hair of all the wives of the, of, of the miscreants. And I was thinking, what a, what a way to put it, you know? What a way to put it. <laughs> And so, because Japati was lost in, in lost in the uh, lost in the bet uh, with the Kuru, <coughs> the Kuravas, and Dushashana, Dushushana, Dushashana, he came up to Japati and he touched her hair. And she had, as Prabhupada says, very beautiful bunches of hair. And Dushashana touched her hair. At that time, she fell down at Krishna's feet and says, please protect me. That's when she was protected by Krishna with the 
some reproduction. <laughs> but Krishna was also seeing, of course, what Dushasana did. And so Krishna has a way of doing things uh, behind the scenes, which are, <clears throat> which are, which accomplish a lot of things. So on the battle of Kuruksetra, all of Dhritarashtra's sons and grandsons were killed. And so all of those wives were now widows and they had to loosen their hair. And so Dushushana, Dushashana was actually the cause of the death of all of those sons and grandsons because he touched Japati's hair, those mm. beautiful tresses. So yeah. you don't want, and so Prabhupada says, you do not, if you're very careful, Krishna is very protective of his uh, his wonderful devotees, his loving devotees. So in this way, in this way, we uh, try to understand these beautiful purports and verses in Srimad Bhagavatam and become attached to Krishna. That's the whole thing. It's the whole point. Yeah. Develop Some, uh, a something relationship I want... with Krishna. And you know, he's, like Prabhupada said, he's your best friend and he owns everything. What's the difficulty? Mm -hmm. Yeah, smiling. Yeah. Some, something I want to appreciate about There's you, Prabhu, is everything that is your best. Is your, huh? Something I want to appreciate about you is that you have one side of your self-sustainability, farming, cow protection, which is really nice, but you also have a really deep part of your of your practice and about what you're preaching. Uh, about Krishna consciousness, Harinam Sankirtan, reading Srimad Bhagavatam, becoming a deep devotee. So those two things together makes it a really great and very inspiring uh, package, you could say, for for, for me personally. I, I'm very inspired to talk to you and and hear your realizations and your, um, you know, your kind of your plea to people, to devotees that hey, we need to think about more about self sustainability and cow protection and living simply and living deeply, but at the same time, uh, developing our own Krishna consciousness in a really nice and deep way. So I just wanted to appreciate that about you. Yes, they both, both has to go together. Yeah. You can't, yes, it has to be, it has to be a united package. Mm -hmm. Both yeah. items must be there in, 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 in equal, practically equal intensity. Right. You have, first of all, the, the whole point of having a project like this is not for me. It's it's not for the devotees here. It's for the world. It's for people to come and learn about Krishna. That's what the, the whole thing is. That, that everything we do is for others. Uh, we want to, people to come here and learn about Krishna, become Krishna conscious, learn something. Take the holy names, if nothing else. Like those people who came today. I have the whole group of Muslims. They were chanting Hare Krishna. I mean, you know, that's what we're here for. So that's the preaching part of the whole aspect. It's not just for us to live here peacefully and simply and have some nice cows. You have to yeah. give this holy name to others. So simultaneously, as we have this nice place in this project, <clears throat> And we're chanting the holy names intensely at the same time. The whole package is for the world, not for us. We're okay. I'm okay anyway. <clears throat> some of the guys aren't okay. <laughs> well, some of well, Gadi Prabhu is really nice. Okay, it was really nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It was really nice talking to you. And uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, oh. Gadi Prabhu and his and his farm, you could find it here, murarisanctuary.com. Uh, that's uh, murarisanctuary.com for all our audio listeners. And also, if you want to see his website where he's running for District 4 in Tennessee, josephkrishnadas.com. You can see all – I actually posted it up earlier in the podcast, but – you can see everything he's about, what he talks to people about, what he stands for, and um, the best of luck, Prabhu, with with your running for Congress. I really hope that uh, you can you can win, and we can have someone in Congress who 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 has your kind of uh, Krishna conscious uh, you know abilities or Krishna conscious uh, uh, stamina and and just. Uh, elevated platform you know so appreciate that well the thing is <clears throat> win or lose i win <laughs> <laughs> yes uh because i tell you just by doing this the reciprocation from krishna is that i'm you know taking this well unusual um unusual uh stance uh stepping onto the stage uh running for congress there's nothing i could ever imagine myself doing but because yeah. it's a way for people to learn about bhagavad dharma and for about of course about krishna and so forth just that little effort was such a reciprocation from krishna from within so win or lose i win no doubt yeah, yeah. and i'm not going to quit Great. here either i'm going to continue to use this um as um let's say a way to find ways to get some of this krishna consciousness information out to others yeah so so please stay on the line book distributor so maybe this is better something i can do <laughs> right so thank you prabhu for for joining me and thank you everyone for listening uh gadi prabhu please stay on the line i'm just going to turn off the recording Hare krishna everyone thank you for listening Hare krishna Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.